Yes, July 27, 2022. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bike Mark Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first fight of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And uh, first up, we'll have Will Weinstein from, uh, he's actually a lecturer over at the William S. Richardson School of Law. And uh, he's here to tell us about an ethics conversation series. And then we'll be joined by Kelly Uyoka from PACTA and JJ Nanquil. And he's the esports consultant and coach for True, the True Initiative. And uh, they're here to talk about the esports over at the Waipahu Library. So stay tuned for that. <clears throat> but now I want to welcome Will uh, Weinstein. He's uh, a lecturer over at the William S. Uh, Richardson School of Law. And, and uh, there's a ethics conversation that uh, he's organized in conjunction with the Scheidler School of Business. And I want to welcome Will to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you, Bert. Pleasure to be here. So, Will, Will, why don't you start off by telling us what what do you do uh, for either the um, the law school or the uh, Scheidler? I mean, it's uh, law slash business, and where do you have uh, most of your? Where do you dedicate most of your time? Well, it's called ethics and integrity in the real world. So it's about ethical behavior um, that happens in the normal course of events. And one of our themes is that ethics is everywhere and, uh, and recognizing ethical dilemmas is a really important part of, of your life, of every phase of your life. So this is not some kind of um, you know, highfalutin ethics. This is about what happens to you on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Will, this, this, Ethics conversation has been going on for a little while, right? And and what what top, topics have you already covered? You mean for this year? Because this is our nineteenth year, believe it or not, doing this. Wow! Why? So uh, you said a little while. I wasn't sure what you meant, but yes, this year it's. Uh, I think we're on. We do a total of twelve classes, and I think we're going to be on our eighth class uh, t- tomorrow night, uh, which is medical ethics. So we cover lots of different topics. Um, there's 12 classes. I teach five of them and bring in guests for the other seven. Uh, and we've had some really interesting guests over time. We've had a lot of political names like Senator Boxer, Barbara Boxer, and Brian Schatz, and Kevin Johnson, if you guys remember, was a, uh, a great basketball player who became the, uh, the mayor of Sacramento. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've had uh, Senator Kirsten Gillenbrand and uh, the governor of West Virginia, people like that. And we have Sam Zell, who's a very well-known uh, real estate investor, who is kind of the uh, the the poor man's Warren Buffett, and uh, uh, really brilliant. I mean, we've had a lot of people like that. We've been very fortunate to be able to get them. Uh, and this year, we've had some, we have and have had some very good people. So, Will, Will, tell me, how do you how do you uh, select your speakers? I mean, do they obviously they have to rank pretty highly on your ethics? measurement scale how do you how do you typically uh select the folks that that participate in this conversation well some of them i know uh most of them actually i know or have gotten to know over time uh but many of them new names are people who really are outstanding in their particular field and who can really make a contribution to what we're doing so in the next uh the next um uh session you said that's coming up uh what tomorrow on medical ethics what is Correct. it that you 
want to try to try to uh, cover in in that particular topic? What is it that's uh, front and center in the medical field? Well, there are lots and lots, lots and lots of issues. Um, I'd say that one of the important ones is why is the United States number forty three ranked in the medical world? Um, you know, we have to talk about single payer to talk about uh, how patients should insist on what what they want and how to get it uh, and the ethics of all of these things. So um, I'm giving you a, a rough answer. One of the things that, that we're going to talk about a lot is the way nurses are being treated because we have the head of the nursing school at, at Queens is one of our panelists. Um, and it turns out that 59% of all the people interviewed nurses uh, have <clears throat> have experienced some form of, of, of racial discrimination. That's something I'd like to get into in, in, in a serious way. Uh, but we have five people on that panel, including Rick Fried, whom I think you, you people know, uh, who's one of the leading uh, attorneys in town. And um, he'll present from the other side of the equation, but he's very, 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 but we've, we've had him many, many times. It's been extremely helpful. So we, we pick people we want, and if we're lucky enough to get them, we get them. So we try. Most people are willing to do it, and particularly now, uh, because of Zoom, it's a little bit easier. And as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, a couple of nights ago, we had uh, one person in Geneva, Switzerland, one person in Berlin, one person in Tokyo, and two people, uh, including Jay Scheidler, actually, uh, <clears throat> in Honolulu. So having that ability yeah. makes a difference. And, and the, the one following that is going to be on August 2nd, and it's Ethics of Technology. Right. So tell me a, a little bit about what, what, what do you plan to cover in ethics uh, and technology? Well, you know, what are the repercussions of, of artificial intelligence? Um, what are the effects of technology on youth? You know, I go into, I, excuse me, sorry. Um, the question was, who's going to be on the technology panel? Um, <clears throat> a guy named Tech, Ken Tuckman, who's the chairman and CEO of a very large company, multi-billion dollar company called T-Tech, um, which is uh, in the customer engagement business. We have uh, Vincent Kimura, who's the director of, of programs at the University of Hawaii Ideation Studio, and two other people uh, who uh, I'm not 100% certain which one will be on, but uh, it, it should be a very interesting panel. The, the two women are uh, uh, are people who uh, are really very knowledgeable, and we're just trying to figure out exactly we're making the logistics up right now. Mm -hmm. So, so Will, where can people sign up for this? Where can they go to to sign up? Um, very good question. They can go to Scheidler.hawaii.edu/slash/Weinstein. W-E-I-N-S-T-E-I-N. Okay, okay. I'll put that up on our show notes for later. Mahalo, Will, for joining us. Thank you very much. And, of course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Kelly Uyoka from PAXA and J.J. Danquil, eSports consultant and coach for the True Initiative, and they're here to tell us about eSports over at the Waipahu Library. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, Bavarian Motor Experts, and Chaminade University. 
Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm happy to welcome Kelly Uyoka from PAXA and JJ Nanquil. He's the esports consultant and coach for the True Initiative. And of course, they're here to tell us about the recently announced and launched esports lab over at the Waipahu Public Library. And I, welcome, I want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks for having me, Bert. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Bert. Yeah, you know, that was a, that, that was a great little uh, lunch there <clears throat> over at Waipahu. And, and uh, I was uh, quite impressed by not only the, the folks that attended, but the fact that there's a whole dedicated section of uh, like the, the library uh, for the eSports lab. I mean, was it, was it how, how much uh, convincing or coaxing did you have to give the, the uh, state librarian, Stacy to, to give up that space? Uh, it was it was uh, considerable, but um, you know, just a little bit of the back history on it was um, the public library system approached the True um, Advisory uh, Board to really think about how we can help them enable digital transformation throughout the entire mm -hmm. you know state public library system, and um, uh, actually it was Hawaiian Telecom that provided a great. Uh, you know, internet connection at the Waipahu Library um, with all the, you know, secure enterprise grade security on the networking side. And again, how can they utilize, you know, that that kind of connectivity? And I thought of eSports just because, Bert, as you know, I've, and as I talked about, I've been an avid gamer for over 30 years. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, I, you know, nowadays that, that industry is just so large, um, covering the gamut, um, you know, in, tech, in technology. I, I think um, the younger, you know, generation um, know a lot about it and to extend accessibility through the public library system, I thought made a lot of sense for the community. Yeah, no, that was a, that's a great, uh, I like the way that you just framed it up, you know, with Stacy coming to the True Initiative, kind of asking for some ideas on what could, what could the True Initiative kind of help do and, and, and concluding uh, with, with something that Kelly, you, have been directly involved in, but also has the the, the potential and opportunity for young you know young uh, folks to get involved. I think that's a that's a great thing. Now speaking of of young folks, uh, JJ is uh, also joining us. And and how did JJ? How did you get involved with this? Did uh, did somebody twist your arm, or how did you become the esports consultant for True Initiative? If anything, I was twisting their arms. You know, I really wanted to be part of this. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, at the time, I was at the eSports Arena at UH Manoa. You know, I was actually just helping out with the layout, you know, because we we're trying to reconfigure the PCs in our whole arena. And Leilani from True, who's the exec exec executive director, was talking to my director, Sky Kavaloa. And he was like, oh, hey, you know, here's JJ. He's from Waipahu. And, you know, he's Filipino, too. So he'll, he'll help out. <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> and yeah, like, you know, at first, yeah, like she would just ask me questions, you know, about like esports in general and then coaching. And then eventually it, it evolved into like, oh, hey, I actually need somebody in this space in person, right? Because, you know, we were looking into like some other online solutions, but you just can't be being in person, actually helping out with the librarians physically, right? And so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I work with Leilani with this program, with the esports program. 
And like what Kelly is saying, you know, there's a lot of like skills that you can gain just from, you know, even just using esports as a gateway, right? It's the same thing for me. I learned so much about how to fix my own PC because I wanted to play my games and my PC was just breaking down. I was like, okay, so how can I fix this? So then now it led me down this rabbit hole and here I am. I, I love tech and I love it because of esports, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, now uh, speaking of hardware, uh, that d- did not come cheaply. So what, uh, Paxa had to <laughs> dig into the pocket and find some you know, spending money? Maybe it was your, your slush fund to help <laughs> no. buy the hardware? I mean, it was some pretty high-end stuff, right? Oh yeah, it was. It's it's definitely um, near the top of the line in terms of gaming mm-hmm. equipment. But through the the Paxa and you know our parent company, the Island Holdings or Island Insurance Foundation, alongside the Central Pacific Bank Foundation, we were able to get them the gaming rigs and the peripherals. You know, associated with being able to have a, a pretty competitive experience. You know, at the library from day one. And, mm-hmm. you know, quick commentary on J- what JJ was saying is that, uh, you know, we're lucky to have found a homegrown product of esports. And University of Hawaii is probably, you know, at the top of the mountain in Hawaii. They're extremely competitive, um, you know, because of the <clears throat> geography and connectivity to Asia. Um, you know, they, they hold world championships at University of Hawaii, which is uh, amazing. And so, yeah, sorry, Bert, a little bit off tangent, but we did get some really uh, high-end equipment uh, for the library and hope to continue to, to do it somehow, you know, throughout other uh, uh, public library system facilities in, in the state. And, and uh, Kelly, wasn't there a tournament going on at the same time that you did the launch? We held an exhibition match, which I thought was, you know, uh, just to add to to uh, the art of what's possible, we held a, an exhibition between the University of Hawaii and HPU uh, esports teams. And uh, yeah, it was an exciting match. We, we kind of put together a broadcast, uh, much like how you would see, you know, football, baseball, basketball broadcast on ESPN. Mm-hmm, we did it mm-hmm. through Olelo, Olelo uh, Public Television. And uh it streamed on all the major platforms, you know, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, much like, uh-huh. much like how competitive esports, you know, worldwide, that's how it's done. And uh, you know, we did it at the public library in Waipahu. Um, so, but but I think there was a, an Overwatch tournament going on, right? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, it, that's what I was also referencing. And uh, yeah, uh-huh. JJ probably has insight into that. But the Overwatch World Championships um, are held out of University of Hawaii. And I think part, largely in part due to, again, our connectivity into Asia, right? We're in a unique geography. So it essentially cuts the latency, right? Which is so important for gamers right, and, right. and even, even you know, business applications now, as we talk about cloud, right? The latency into Asia uh, gives us a, a little bit of a geographic advantage. Mm-hmm. And JJ, you know, since uh, you came out of the, the esports arena over at UH, and I, I know they have a pretty uh, good connection, especially through the uh, Japan US fiber fiber link. How did how did the the connection over at the Waipahu Library compare? Because I know I know the library is also on something called INET, which is 
also part of the, you know, the, the state um, fiber network. And then you said, you said the Hawaiian Tao also provided the uh, service. So how did that compare to the connection that you folks over, have over at UH? It's very similar, to be honest. And just to give a comparison, so normally if you play League of Legends, which is a popular mobile, right? On average, mm-hmm. in any, any household, you get 110 ping. You know, uh, at UH, sometimes we drop it down to as low as 100. Over here in the library, it's actually as low as 95, which is about a 10% wow. increase. Yeah, and, and, you know, decrease in, 10% decrease in latency. And even that alone is huge. Right, so like mm-hmm. there is a possibility for you know Hawaii to actually be like competitively viable for tournaments and also for local talent here, right? You know, so it's there is a possible there is a potential here, and we should definitely like invest into these kinds of technologies and these programs for the state and for our youth, especially. Yeah, yeah, and and speaking of the youth, I mean, I I do want to have you tell me a little bit about who are you attracting you know, to the esports lab over at Waipahu? Is it, is it high school students? Is it, uh, you know, professional gamers? I mean, who do you want to have actually take part in this? So we'll hold that thought. Uh, we'll be right back after the short break to continue our conversation with both Kelly Uyoka from PAXA and JJ Nanko from um, the True Initiative. And of course, we're talking about esports over at the Waipahu Library. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Kelly Uweoka from PAXA and J.J. Nanquil, esports consultant and coach for the True Initiative, stationed out there over at the Waipahu Library. And of course, we're talking about esports in Hawaii. And, and right before the break, we're talking about, uh, you know, who are we putting this capability in the esports lab for? Is it for students, high school students, you know, middle school, even maybe even earlier than that? I mean, who are we gearing this for? And, and maybe um, once we, once we kind of get an idea as to who this is really geared for, what are some of the programs that they could you know, potentially participate in? So, JJ, who's, uh, who's your primary target audience? So right now, the primary target audience is high schools, you know, from ages 13 to 17 or 18 if you're a senior in high school. And I'm honestly not really looking for professional gamers. Like, if you even just game as a, as a hobby, if you're just a casual player, that's totally fine. But the purpose of this pilot program is to get these kids interested in esports and also in the tech industry. So we've partnered with a local company called Game Dev HQ, and they're willing to provide free training on game development as part of this program. So not only that they'll be learning how to play in a competitive team, they're also going to be learning how to develop their own video game. And by the end of this three-month program, they're going to you know, have enough skills to build their own video game if they choose to, right? And if they want to pursue their education further, that's like something that we're willing to work on with the parents and with the kids and with the library, with everybody, so that we can continue their education and just further their skills. And then on top of that, we're going to be using this as a case study so that we can show this to the state and to DOE and tell them, hey, like we need these game development courses. We need esports clubs in these high schools, middle schools, you know, because 
this is the future. This is the way. This is how we help mm-hmm. you know our youth become you know more successful and just provide a lot more tools and foundations for them to build a career on. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's great. And and Kelly, you know, I I think we uh, touched on this, and and uh, JJ just sort of brought it up uh, with you know having a plan to you know study this pilot and and see how it might uh, expand and perhaps uh, uh, grow with the support of of organizations like the DOE. So so Kelly, what's your what's your sustainability plan? Because you know hardware isn't cheap. You gotta you gotta have to maintain that. That's uh, that's an ongoing thing, you know. Uh, guys like JJ, they don't come cheap either, you know. They you gotta you gotta <laughs> you gotta feed and, and and nurture him, and and then this whole program. I mean, the program takes a lot of attention to to uh, not only you know maintain but to to grow. So what's what's the the kind of the plan to keep this all moving in that direction? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean to address the you know sustainability, uh, especially from a cost perspective. A lot of the equipment vendors now, and, and luckily, you know, PAXA partners with a lot of the major OEMs. So Dell, who owns Alienware, uh, HP, who acquired a company called Voodoo Gaming years ago, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which are which are luckily those are the uh, gaming rigs that we got for the public library system. They've they've all started to adopt this kind of pay per use um, acquisition model, like you know, like Ooh. cloud going over the top. So when you but you know when you pay for Netflix, uh, you get it on the month, but if you stop paying, it shuts off, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The equipment vendors have kind of gone that way, um, especially for a higher, t- you know, larger t- big ticket items. Um, so the hope is to build a model where we can create a pay-per-use acquisition um, model for the library um, and anybody else. Uh, you know, that's something that Paxa does today. And um the the nice thing about it is as the new you know how quickly equipment you know <laughs> evolves. Um, the right. nice thing about it is you keep paying that that fee and then you get the new one um, automatically. You know, so it's kind of like it's it's not considered a lease; it's considered like a pay per use kind of thing. Oh. And so that's one way that we can build sustainability in for the equipment. Um, you know, I, I think I said it at the launch too. Yes, it's pricey, but it's certainly not out of reach, you know, for a lot educational institutions. I think there's grants out there. Um, you know, what we're doing with the public library system is, I think it's one of a kind. Um, mm-hmm. There are other libraries um, that are part of educational institutions, I believe, that have uh, gaming class equipment installed. Uh, for the same purpose, and it's mainly to educate on digital literacy. So it's not only games, right? It's like what JJ said, is game development, but it's also, I think, an opportunity for computer-based training for creatives to get in there and you know utilize the hardware. Um, so, so there, there's a myriad of of other learning opportunities um, afforded. Eventually, if it does scale to all fifty other libraries. We're going to really have to think about it. But luckily, you know, PAX, uh, this is what we do for, for a living. Uh, so creating a framework that can secure the PCs, um, operate them, and uh, basically maintain that entire footprint with minimal overhead 
uh, that, that's kind of what we do, bro. So, you know, automation, we'll consider cyber, you know, hosted platforms in cloud to protect the devices. Um, all of that will, will come into play eventually. And then lastly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's, you know, the public library system and the training involved um, to have them really take take over the, the process for um, engaging the community when, when they want to use the, the lab. So Kelly, Kelly, do you envision somebody like uh, JJ to be the kind of the future librarian? He's the qualifications of what the librarian might need to have as a skill skill set. You know, maybe not a maybe not a librarian, but definitely uh, you know feeds into uh, teaching. You know, feeds mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. curriculum. And Brett, I, I was on the show last time talking about workforce development for Hawaii. And you know the the changing nature of of um, who companies like Paxo would you know really want to employ, and um, yeah, it's I, I think JJ is kind of like representative of a future uh, you know mentor and teacher to a lot of the younger folks because from my experience, almost <laughs> you know almost every high school I come into contact with plays video games and or esports uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> so. and and uh Kelly, you you've been playing esports for what, 30 years that's i guess a lot that's a credit to you thank you well i was playing video games which my you know of course my parents thought was a complete waste of time but now <laughs> i think i've changed your opinion on that the opportunity is way too big to ignore yeah now now jj um in terms of, you know, forming teams or generating interest amongst uh, the the target market that you're talking about, how does that take place? I know there's a lot of interest already, but how do you organize it? How do you how do you get people to come by and and actually say, hey, you know, I wanna I wanna be a part of this. I wanna maybe join a team. What's the what's the formation process? So before we already had, had contact with Hawaii Technology Academy at the Waipahu location. And Waipahu High School, you know, to see if there's any interest for this. But uh, I am hosting trials for this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, at the library. So if there are any other parents and kids that are interested, you know, just please come on by and just go to the back of the library, the young adult section, and then just say hello. My kid is interested in playing, and so I'll talk to them about the program, talk to them about trying out, and then they'll just hop on the PCs and play. And there you go. And that's it. All right, all right. That sounds great. So. Anybody who's interested in, in jumping on to uh, any of the councils over at the Waipahu Library, just go down to the Waipahu Library and, and look, for Ke- uh, look, for, well, look for JJ. I don't know if Kelly, Kelly might be playing over there too, but uh, <laughs> JJ will be mentoring. And so yeah. we'll, we'll put that up on our show notes for later on uh, this evening. Kelly Ioka is the president of PAXA, and JJ Nankwell is the esports consultant and coach for the True Initiative over at the public, uh, Waipahu Public Library. And I want to thank you both for joining us today. And of course, thank you for listening to Bike Mark Cafe. You can join us next week when we will hear uh, and catch up with the folks over at Blue Startups and their cohort 14. If you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bikemarkcafe.org. And of course, our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, your favorite uh, podcast application. And of course, you stay safe, you stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Fight Mark Cafe. And of course, stay tuned, Reveal is next.